Hi everyone, Pastor Gregory Bartram here, lead pastor here at Destiny Church, where your history doesn't define your destiny. I just want to welcome you to Your Destiny Podcast. Thanks for listening. And my prayer is that the message that you hear today brings healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. So today, as I was praying about this message tonight, the Holy Spirit began to download some things to me. And I just began to write and I just... I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost to deliver this word. I believe it's for this house. I believe it's a message for, for this season. Not just for this season, but I believe it's a message to declare over this region. Because that's what this has been all about, is declaring and releasing and proclaiming the word of the Lord over this region. Amen. I believe we're going to see a mighty move of God in this region. I believe we're already seeing it. I believe we're already sensing it. I believe that we're already in the middle of it. And the more that we're in this, the more it's going to manifest and the more it's going to become a reality. How many can believe that with me? The longer that we're in this, the more evident and apparent this thing's going to become. The Lord has already done so many things in this revival. By the way, let me remind you, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday was not planned. Friday and Saturday was, and Sunday was planned. But God said, I want it all week. Come on, I said, God said, I want it all week. So you know what we learned to do? We learn just to set ourselves and let the Holy Ghost just do whatever he wants to do. However he wants to do it. Amen. You know why? Because we're a Holy Ghost church. I still believe in the Holy Ghost. I still believe in the Holy Spirit having his way. I still believe that he is the spirit of liberty. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is a liberty. That, means that, 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 that also means this. It means that if there's not liberty to praise liberty to do whatever the Lord has called you to do it might be it may be the Spirit of the Lord is not there come on it got real quiet right there there's some churches I have to say it where the Spirit of the Lord is not there why because there is no liberty not just liberty to have to, to, to dance and to shout and to be who God's called you to be and to release gifts and all that but I think wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, it's impossible for somebody to remain bound because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that destroys the yokes of the enemy. And so I believe that we are in something right now. I believe something is beginning to manifest and be released over this region. And like I said, the longer we abide here, the more it's gonna to begin to become apparent the glory and the presence of the Lord. And so the Lord spoke something to me. Um, and I want to share it with you. I'm not going to try to hold you long. You, I'm going to try to get that. I'm going to try not to hold you long. Sometimes I fail. I'm, I'm human. 
You can laugh. I know you're all tired right now. We just wore you slap out. Sorry, some of you just got your exercise for the week. You know, you know you've been to church when you go out of here and you, you smell sweaty. But anyway, let me release this word that I feel like is um, the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter number 26. Genesis chapter number 26. Genesis chapter number 26 and we're going to begin reading with verse number 18 Genesis chapter 26 beginning with verse number 18 and Isaac digged again the wells of water did you just catch what happened there Isaac digged again again sometimes how many knows you have to do it again and again and again if you hadn't got it do it again if you haven't received it do it again if you haven't made it do it again again and then again if necessary that means do not give up Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. The word there, springing, actually means living water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek because they strove with him. And they digged another. Everybody say another. <laughs> he digged another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from hence and digged another well. <laughs> another and he called the name of it Rehoboth and he said for now everybody say now come on shout now. now for now the Lord hath made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land come on I just feel I felt the Holy Ghost in that can we just shout that again say now now, now. <laughs> when is he going to do it now now the Lord hath made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from hence to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not for I am with thee. I will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake and he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants digged a well drop down with me to verse number 32 verse number 32 this is where I want to bring my message from tonight 
And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had digged and said unto him, We have found water. (laughs) Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. And he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of that city is Beersheba unto this day. I want you to notice what the servants of Isaac said when they digged the well. They come running to him and they said unto him, We have found water. Tonight, I want to preach from this thought. We have found water. We have found water. Let me say it another way. We have found what we've been looking for. If that didn't help you, let me say it another way. We have been, we have found what we've been praying for. We have found what we have been fasting for. We have found what we've been believing for. We have found what we have been digging and laboring and toiling for. We have found water. One translation said it like this. We have struck something. I come to let destiny know we have struck something in the spirit and something is beginning to spew and something is beginning to spring forth. What is it? It is the water of the spirit that is going to begin to flood this region. And so I just come to declare to you, we have, not we did, we're going to, no, 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 presently, we have found water. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the atmosphere. I feel the anointing. Now speak through me. Speak through these lips of clay. Give me the words that I ought to say and speak and preach. Give them ears that they may hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. For we will give you the praise and the glory. We shall exalt your name in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We have found water. One of the necessities of life is that we must have food and water. How many knows you cannot survive without water? Your body needs water. My wife tells me all the time, honey, you need to drink more water. Come on, water has an, an effect on your body. It, it, it keeps it healthy. It keeps it, it keeps it vibrant. Without water, do you know what happens? Your, your body begins to dehydrate. And when you begin to dehydrate, it begins to fe- affect the organs in your body. And if you're not careful, it can shut down things. We need water. And just like we need natural water, how many knows we also need spiritual water? We need spiritual water. Water, many times in the Bible, is a a picture. It is a representation of the Spirit of God. So you can say it like this. 
Just like the natural body needs water, the spiritual body, the spiritual man needs the spirit. And without the spirit, man cannot sustain life or vibrancy. He, we must, as a spiritual people, have the Holy Spirit. We must walk in the spirit. We must live in the spirit. It is the spirit that hydrates us. It is the spirit that gives us life. It is the spirit that causes us to, to be invigorated and have vitality. And without the spirit, we will begin to dehydrate spiritually in this life. I see a lot of people, the reason why they are dehydrated is because they have not encountered the Holy Spirit. One day, the Lord gave me a dream, and I've shared this with, with a lot of people, and some of you may have not have heard this, so I'm going to share it because I feel the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't have brought it to my attention if he didn't want me to share this. I had a dream about what, about what the Lord is going to do in this house, in this place. This is a dream I had several years ago. But how many knows when you have a dream from God, you never forget it. It is imprinted. It is impressed upon your spirit and upon your heart. I had a dream... And in this dream, I was, in, I was coming up the driveway of the church, the parking lot of the church. And as I got here, I saw so many people on this property. They were lined up waiting to get in. And when I pulled up, all I could see was their faces and how dry and parched and lifeless they were. You could tell when they got to the church, they had just barely made it. They had no more strength to do anything else. The only strength they had was to make it to the church. And as I pulled up into the parking lot, I saw the faces of the parched and the, and the, and the thirsty and, and, and the dry and the pale and the white faces of these people. It was so vivid in my, in my dream. And all of a sudden, I opened up the door and one by one, they began to feel the pews of this church. And while service began to start and as we began to sing and as I began to preach, I stood up on the platform and I looked and I seen the dry, parched faces and cracked lips of those in the pews. And as I began to preach, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, while I was preaching, you could hear a rumbling. You could hear a shaking. You could hear a trembling outside of the building. It was so loud, it almost sounded like a tornado coming. And while I was preaching, all of a sudden you could hear the foyer doors open up so, so, so violently with such vehemency. And all of a sudden, while I was standing on the platform, I saw a flood of water begin to fill this sanctuary. And, it, and it, it filled so fast that before I knew it, we were standing in knee-deep water. And all of a sudden, I looked at the people and I saw their faces as their faces began to, 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 begin to, to, to get color. And I saw their lips beginning to be refreshed. And I saw a new people in the pew. And all of a sudden, I seen it in the dream. I started kicking the water like this. And I said, it's here. It's here. It's here. And I come to say this tonight. I believe that we are on something and I believe we have found something and I believe that we have struck something in this season what is a preacher I believe it's here it's here we have found the water that we have been dreaming about and been prophesied about 
I believe that we are in a season where we are going to strike something. We are going to release something. We are going to find something that is literally going to change the landscape of this region. When that water came into the church, I'm talking about it was so forceful. It's almost like some dam opened up and every bit of the water in a reservoir or in a, in a lake came right here into this building. And in the spirit, I want to say this, in the spirit, I feel this in my, in my spirit right now. I believe the longer we, 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 we remain and abide in this in this glory, in this moment of time, I believe it's causing cracks to begin to happen in a dam. Malachi saw it in chapter 3 of Malachi. He said, talking about giving your tithes and offerings, he says, will the Lord not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have enough room to receive it? You look up in the original Hebrew when it says the windows of heaven, it was, it's, you could actually say the floodgates of heaven. Everybody say floodgates. The floodgates of heaven, meaning this, God says, I'm waiting for, for some kind of activity in the earth that will notify me it's time to open up the floodgates. I believe that God is waiting for a church. He's waiting for a people that are hungry and thirsty saying, God, we are so desperate. We are living in a dry day. We are living in a time of famine. And I'm not talking about a natural famine. I'm talking about there is a spiritual famine in the church today. Because we're good with the mechanics of church and we know how to go through the motions and we're good with the form, but there is no spirit and there is no life and there is no water. But God is saying, I sense that there is a group of people in, in Otto, North Carolina who are hungry and thirsty for a move of God and I am getting ready to open up the floodgates and pour out a flood that will end a famine. God Almighty, I feel the Holy Ghost. I just heard the Holy Ghost say, I'm releasing a flood. That's going to end the famine. It's going to end the works of the enemy. It... A flood that is going to end the famine. Life is going to begin to show up. Things are going to begin to grow where there was barrenness. Things are going to become fruitful. Because the windows of heaven or the floodgates of heaven have now been opened and everything that heaven has ever planned and prepared is going to be poured out in one moment. Can we believe for it? Can we have the faith for it? Can we come together and agree together? Saying, God, we're not satisfied with a trickle. We're not satisfied with a stream. We're not satisfied with just a little wet moment here and there. God, we want the floodgates of heaven to open up and drench us with a deluge from heaven that will send a Holy Ghost-inspired move of God that will shake these mountains like we have never seen. Shake every holler. Shake every valley. Lord God, remove every demonic, uh, every demonic force in this region by the flood of your spirit 
Church, we are living in a famine, and the famine is not just in the world. The the famine is in the church too. The famine is not just in the church. It's in the pew, and the famine is not just in the pew. The famine is in the pulpit too. The famine is not just in the pulpit, but the famine is in our homes and in our families. And the only thing that can remedy the famine is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I want to say it again. The only remedy for this spiritual famine that we are encountering today in this world is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that was prophesied by the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2 and also fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. How do you know when the flood begins to pour out? Here's, what, here's how you'll know it because people will start getting saved and devils will start being casted out and signs and wonders will start to break out. Here's how you know when the flood will begin to happen. You'll see people who lost their joy get their joy back, get their passion back, get their desire back. All of a sudden you'll see somebody who was lukewarm and all of a sudden they'll get a fresh fire from heaven. They'll begin to speak things like they've never spoke. They'll do things that they've never done because of the flood that has been released and poured out in this earth. Come on. Hallelujah. I feel it. I feel something being released and loosed. You'll know that there is a flood because things that we're not moving start to move again. Yeah, you stand in front of the flood to see if you stand still. when the flood begins to begin to pour forth, ain't nobody going to be able to sit in their seats. Ain't nobody going to be, be able to just get their position and, and just stand there and do nothing. I'm telling you, when the flood begins to happen, there is going to be, there is going to be a praise that's going to fill the church like we have never seen it before. There's going to be some people that are going to dance and they're going to shout. And I'm telling you, we're going to have services so long where people are just dancing and falling out. And there's so much movement in the atmosphere that as people are dancing, they're dancing right out of cancer. They're dancing right out of sickness and disease. There's going to come a praise People who did not move before are going to begin to move in the Holy Ghost and power. There's going to be people that are going to tremble and shake. And while they're trembling and shaking, every oppression, every oppressive work of the enemy is going to be broken off of their life, off of their minds, off of their hearts. Come on, I feel this in my spirit. Ain't going to be none of those people coming in here and says, budge me if you can. Ain't going to be those kind of people saying, saying, you know what, we're going to church, sit down in, in the pew, and we're going to let the worship team do our worship. No, 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 no. I'm telling you what's going to happen when this flood begins to be released. Adam and him ain't going to have to prime you, pump you, or propel you to praise the Lord because we're going to come getting out of our car shaking and dancing, saying, I'm, I'm glad I made it to the house of the Lord. There's going to be people that will be praising the Lord and shaking and dancing all the way into the house of the Lord. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Not, not let's go into the house of the Lord and hurry and get done with this so I can go hit the buffet. But let us go to the house of the Lord so we can see the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. Hey! I want to see it. It's going to happen. 
I'm talking about, listen, what's getting ready to happen is going to make other church people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's why you got, when you come to church, you're going to have to look at people on your own and say, listen, if you don't want to get walked on, stomped on, hit in the face, I will do a helicopter right here in this pew. <laughs> And if I do a helicopter, you better just get out of my way because I am in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Come on, there's going to be people one moment you looked at, you look back, and you saw them standing the next minute, you look back, and they're just flat out on the floor. Listen, not because a preacher laid hands on them, not because somebody pushed them down, not because somebody anointed them with oil, but because there's a heavy, weighty glory that is going to sit down upon the house. Hey! As I began to think of that dream that I had about the flood coming in, I began to say, you know what, Lord? When I see that, I am going to declare we have found what we are looking for. Not just when we see it, but by faith. we're, We're going to declare those things that are not as though they were. What we need to do, church, is not wait for it to happen. We need to walk around like it's already happened. I felt the Holy Ghost right there. Come on, that's the kind of faith I'm talking about. Don't be talking about it's raining. It's a, we're believing for rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Ain't nobody bringing an umbrella. Come on, if we really believe it's going to rain, we're going to be carrying an umbrella because we got so much faith that what God said he would do, he's going to do it, and we're just going to go ahead and... And in advance, just go ahead by credit saying, God, we believe you. And we're just going to go ahead and act like we're in a move of God. We're going to act like we are in a. Yeah, we're not going to wait to praise him before he does it. We're going to praise him right now. Hallelujah. And so I come to declare by faith, we have found what we've been looking for. We have found the water. We have struck something deep. Do you know that the only way that you can get water is you got to dig deep? And you know when you got water because you've dug deep enough to get it. We're getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And I believe that we're going to get to the depths that all of a sudden we have dug down. But there comes a point whenever you begin to dig down far enough that you hit something and then something begins to come back up. And I'm saying what we need to do is we need to keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper. Listen, I'm tired of surface Christianity. Come on, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of Christians coming and just splashing around in a kiddie pool when God wants to release a flood. Come on, somebody. Come on, we got, we got people been in church 25 years still playing in the kiddie pool. I think it's time to launch out in the deep. I think it's time to go deeper in this thing to a deeper dimension until we find and strike a move of God like we have never seen it before. That's what we need. Come on. Away and done with the baby Christianity. Come on, we need something deeper. Preacher, how you know you've gone deep enough? Have you struck something? 
How do you know that our prayer has gone deep, deep enough? Has something come back up and spewed from the top and begin to flood out and touch everything and change everything? When do you know that your praise and your prayer life has gone to the next dimension? It'll strike something. I feel like Ezekiel, the angel of the Lord, tells him, What do you see, Ezekiel? He said, I see water coming out from beneath the altar of the Lord. I see a stream, and the Bible says all of a sudden, before you know it, he's ankle deep in water. And the angel says, come a little further. He goes a little further, and guess what happens? It's up to his knees. Angel said, don't get satisfied there. Come out a little further. He goes out just a little further, and the Bible says that now the water is to his waist. And the angel looks at him and says, what are you doing just standing there? Come deeper. Come further. There's, there's more. He goes out, and all of a sudden, the Bible says the water is over his head, and he's swimming in it. He's swimming in it. Because the further you go, the deeper it gets. The further, the, the, the further you go, it gets deeper with distance. It gets deeper with distance. And let me tell you what happens when you begin to get into those deep places is supernatural things that, that, that will happen that are outside the control or the ability of man. As long as we can touch bottom, man is still in control. That's why some churches, they don't want to go deeper in the Holy Ghost. Why? They want to remain in control. They want to clock the move of God. Bless God, the worship team needs to go through about 20 minutes of worship. Then the preacher's going to preach 20 minutes. And then we're going to spend an hour taking up an offering. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been to those churches. I have been. They clock everything. Clock it, clock it, clock it. Why? Because he's not the agenda. We're just trying to get through the, the show so that we can go about our business. And the church has really gotten good with clocking the service. And the Holy Spirit's like, where do I fit in with this? What if I want to go three, four hours? And what if I want to take you deeper than you've ever gone before? What if I want to, what if I want to launch you out into the deep? And now we wonder why we don't see many mighty miracles. Where does it fit in the time frame? Because sometimes miracles take time. Have you ever casted out a devil? It's not a split second moment. Sometimes it takes, the Bible says many times Jesus would cast out a devil and the devil would come out in the same hour. You wouldn't like to be around Jesus. He would do things in hours. He'd go pray and he'd pray for an hour. Some church services are not even an hour. <laughs> you start getting into places where your feet don't touch, that's when you have now lost control. But when you lose control, the spirit, 
begins to pick up and the spirit begins to take the reins. See, that's, that's what I'm, I'm talking about, a flood. I'm talking about a water. I'm talking about a gush that whenever it begins to happen, it is going to cause such a deep thing that none of us are going to be able to control it. Man's not going to be able to control it. It's going to, it's going to be beyond man's ability. You better listen to me. I believe that we're going to begin to see impossible things to take place. The Bible says, if you can believe, you shall see the impossible. Come on, I'm tired of possible. Come on, I'm tired of possible. I want to see the impossible. I want to see the unusual. I want to see something strange. I want to see something supernatural. I want to see something so uncommon it scares us to death. When we begin to lose our footing, all of a sudden we will, we will be carried away into, a, into the realm of the spirit where supernatural, impossible things begin to happen. For instance, the Bible says the disciples are out fishing and they have spent all night toiling and wrestling and trying to catch something. And the Bible says they come back empty because that's what happens when you stay in control. You'll always come back more empty than you did before. God, that's a word for somebody right there. Sometimes the best thing you can do when you come to church, lose control. Jesus comes to them and says, what are you doing mending your nets? They were getting ready to pack it up and leave and quit. And Jesus said, wait a second, why are you leaving? Why are you mending your nets like this thing's over and done with? He says, it ain't done. It ain't over. We're just getting started. That's how church people are. If we control it, we can end it. Come Jesus comes and said, said, why are you ending something? I'm just starting. He says, I still got more. Good thing the disciples listened to him and obeyed his word. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and says, launch out. He didn't say launch out a few inches you know, just so you feel good, so you feel still in control. He says, no, launch out into the deep where you begin to lose control. And he says, what you have done before, I'm asking you to do something different. <laughs> Albert Einstein said, he gave us a definition of insanity. It is doing the same things and, and expecting a different result. That's insanity. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect that something's going to change. Jesus said, quit going out there and doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. It's time for you to do something new. If, you, if us sitting in the pew hasn't got us a breakthrough, then try standing up. And if standing up hadn't done it, then try getting out of your pew. And if getting out of your pew, try to lift your hand. And if it hadn't worked yet, then maybe jump up and leap up. But come in here and say, God, I'm willing to do whatever because I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle. I need something to happen in my life that man cannot do. Come on. Get outside your comfort zone. The Bible says Peter and all them launched out into the deep. And Jesus says, quit casting it on that side. That ain't where it's at. Cast it on the other side. The Bible says they casted it on the other side at the word of Jesus. Now, here's what I believe. 
I believe at the moment Jesus said, cast it to the other side, I believe the fish that he created heard his voice. And when the fish heard the voice, they knew where to gather. The fish knew where to gather. And all of a sudden they threw that net and the Bible says they caught so many fish it began to break their boat. How many would like to have a blessing like that? How many would like to see a move like that where it's so heavy and it's so weighty that, that it begins to break things down. It begins to break the hold of the enemy. It begins to break the hold of disease. It begins to break things in the atmosphere. It begins to release a blessing on your life that you don't have enough room to contain it all. No, and that Bible says that it was so heavy and it was so much that they had to call partners over to help them out. I mean, Jesus done stuff like that in deep places. One time, Peter and, Peter and them didn't have enough money to pay taxes. This wasn't as big as the big catch of fish. Peter didn't have enough taxes. He said, he said, Lord, I don't have enough to pay for this. I don't have enough. I don't have what it takes. Jesus said, cast you a line in the deep. The Bible says a little fish heard Jesus. He's just sitting there waiting for Peter's line to fall down. <laughs> Lord in mercy, that would be a good fishing day right there. <laughs> this fish start, you, you see the, the river start to bubble up because all the fish coming up. And the Bible says Peter catches a fish and in the fish, oh, and while that fish is swimming, he knows exactly where there was a, 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 a pirate ship. I said, I said, this is my story, okay? He says, this in the... <laughs> There's a pirate ship. It has sunk, and it has left treasure on the bottom of the, of the ocean. And the, and, and the fish knew exactly. So while it's coming to Peter, it picks up a coin in its mouth. Holds it. It doesn't swallow it. It holds it in its mouth. You guys are looking at this. This is in your Bible. Do <laughs> you know why some people hadn't read this? He ain't gone deep enough yet. A fish gets... Gets on the line of Peter's hook. Peter sets the hook, reels the fish in, and the Bible says, guess what's in its mouth? A coin. And he paid the taxes. <laughs> Jesus goes to the gathering. There's a man there possessed with a legion of devils. The Bible says the man runs, falls at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says... Jesus looked at those demons and said, come out. And they said, Lord, would you bid us to go into the swine? And Jesus said, go. The Bible says they went into the swine. And the Bible says, and the swine ran off into a deep place. I want to tell you, demons drown in deep places. Could it be the reason why we fight so many demons is because we're still trying to serve God on the surface? And I'm telling you tonight, if you will just go deeper in this, what I'm talking about, you'll start to see some demons let go of your life, let go of your mind, let go of your heart. Come on. 
Paul said it is the spirit that takes us and searches out the deep things of God. If you got the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit say, no, 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 baby. You got to go deeper. You got to go deeper in your prayer life. You got to go deeper in your worship. You got to go deeper in your devotion. You got, if you got any kind of Holy Ghost, he won't let you play in the kiddie pool. He'll look at you in the face and say, it's about time you grow up. It's about time you get out of the deep water and swim in the deep places. Come on. That's what we need. We need some preachers to stand behind the pulpit and look at some of the people in the church that's been there a while and say, listen, you need to quit being a baby. It's time to get off the pacifier. It's time to get weaned. And it's time to get out in the deep. There's so many things that you're missing, but it's in the deep place. And this is what we need. This is what we need today. Why? Because people have gotten satisfied with shallow Christianity. And because of this mindset that I don't need no more than what I get on Sunday morning, has caused, listen to me, has created an overwhelming famine. Not just in the church, but in the lives of so many people around the world. Matter of fact, when you go into Genesis chapter 26, the first verse in chapter 26, it tells us, and there was a famine in the land. When the famine hit the land, everybody started to move down to Egypt. God comes to Isaac and says, Isaac, I don't want you to go down to Egypt. I want you to stay in Gerar. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Come on. Come on. Don't follow what's popular. I want you to do what nobody else is willing to do. I want you to stay. The easy thing to do is to leave and walk away from this. That's what we got in the church. As soon as people begin to encounter famine, what do they do? They go looking for another church, trying to find somewhere that don't have famine. Let me tell you something. It's going to be hard to find places anymore. I don't want to get into that. But he says, I don't want you to go into Egypt. I can bless you right here in the famine. Listen, the answer is not to go somewhere else. The answer is to stay right where you are and let God use you where you are to bless you and to be a witness of his glory. The first people won't think that they ought to do is go find them another church. And you know what? The, the same people I know that do that, they're, they're I think, probably like at their fifth church by now. Always searching. And I'm telling you what, you can stay right where you are. I don't care how, how bad it looks. I don't care how barren it is. I don't care how fruitless it is. I'm telling you, if God puts you there, then he can bless you right where you are. We don't need more people jumping to other churches. What we need is people to stick out where God put them and God planted them and let God use what is inside of them to be released so that the, so that the famine in the house of God Here's why we got a famine. Because a lot of churches rely on one man called the pastor to do all the ministry and all the preaching and all the evangelism. And when what happens is it dies out and it kills the pastor and it kills the church. 
But what would happen? Imagine with me. What would happen if everybody come in here and said, you know what? I've been planted here. It's time for me to release something. There, I got a gift. I've got a talent. I got some resources. I come to let, I come to give to, to, to the kingdom. What the kingdom has given to me, I freely give what I have freely received. Isaac, you stay in Gerar. Matter of fact, the, the, the name Gerar means to combat. Now I know why people want to leave Gerar. Because in Gerar, you have to fight. In Gerar, you have to stand your ground. Not everybody is willing to stand with you and fight with you and combat with you. A lot of people don't like the conflict, so when the conflict happens, they're, they're, they're more willing to flee than to fight. Oh, got real quick. Thank you, brother. I was, I was hanging on the edge there. I'm glad somebody reached out there and grabbed hold of me. I was getting ready to fall to my death. <laughs> Smile. It's okay. I was just joking. Hallelujah. Stay here, Isaac, and I'm going to bless you right where you are. Now, mind you, this is one of the greatest famines that have ever hit the land, even, even greater than what his father Abraham experienced years past. Everything's dying. Everything's dried up. Everything's fruitless. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says Isaac plants in the time of famine. Now, the same thing would be is don't put your seed in soil that ain't going to produce a harvest. But Isaac sowed because the Lord said he would sow. The Lord told him to sow, so he obeyed what the Lord said. He sowed in that parched ground, and the Bible says he received a hundredfold on the seed he sowed. Matter of fact, it doesn't just say that. The Bible says he waxed great, went forward, and waxed very great. You can say it like this. He got wealthier and richer and more powerful and more powerful until he became more powerful than the, than the, than the people than the Philistines where he was living. And when he got so blessed, watch what happens. The Bible says the Philistines were envious. They got jealous of him because that's what happens when, when, you get, when you get blessed people all around you start getting jealous because of what God's doing in your life. <laughs> Come on, how many, how many can testify? God blesses you with a car, somebody going to get jealous of it. Somebody, somebody get a new job, somebody going to get jealous over it. Somebody get, somebody get a return on something they've been sowing for years and somebody going to get jealous and start hating, start drinking their haterade. Come on. And the Bible says they were so envious, they looked at him and said, you're going to have to go from here. Here's what I like to say. God blessed Isaac so much, he outgrew where he was. <laughs> and whenever you outgrow where you are, then God is good. That means God's got something greater in store for you. And so listen, and so, so, so Isaac has been a farmer for a while now. He has gotten great and he's gotten powerful and he's outgrown where he's at. And God tells him, says, now is the time to go from here and I'm going to be with you and I'm going to bless you wherever you go. And the Bible says the first thing Isaac begins to do after he's got the blessing, the power, he doesn't go and get complacent and settle down and enjoy what he got. The Bible says the first thing he does is he begins to dig the wells of his father. In the Hebrew, it would be he reopened the wells that Abraham dug. Let's say it like this. He reopened the ancient wells. 
he reopened the ancient wells. He reopened the ancient wells. He reopened the ancient wells. Why did he have to, how many knows if you have to reopen, that means it was open before. So what happened? Why did Isaac have to reopen? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Philistines stopped it and filled it in with earth. After an entire generation died, Satan took the advantage and filled in the well and stopped it. Did you just hear what I said? One generation saw the power of God, a move of God, and then after that generation died, the enemy took advantage, stopped it up, and filled it in with earth. Now, mind you, in those days, if you filled it up with earth, you could not recognize that a well was even there. So somehow or another, Isaac had to know where these wells were by a divine revelation of the Spirit. So as Isaac was walking, he would sense. Matter of fact, this happened in, in the time of Moses. How many remembers when they were in the wilderness? The Bible says every man took a staff and they went to the wilderness and they would, they would go and they would stick the stick into the wilderness and they would say, spring up, oh well of God, spring up, oh well of God, spring. And they, you would see the, all these people out in the wilderness shoving sticks in the ground, trying to find water. I, I believe maybe Isaac was out there and he was going, spring up, oh well of God, spring up, oh well of God, spring up. Oh, will of God spring up. Oh, will of God. And all of a sudden he would hit something. The Holy Ghost would get on him and the spirit would fill him. Said, this is the place. Uncover it. Open it up. And the Bible says he would be, he, be, he opened up every well that his father had dug. What stopped in one generation continued into the next. I come to tell you, I, God has done some powerful things in the past and God's not out of revival and God's not out of healing and God's not out of miracles. I'm telling you what God has done back there, it's getting ready to, to start back up and begin again, but in a greater measure because I feel like there's some people right now in the spirit with staff saying, spring up, oh well of God. Spring up, oh well of God. We're not gonna quit until we find what we're looking for. We're not gonna quit puncturing and pounding and pressing until we hear water. I know it's out here somewhere. Come on, I believe right now there is wells in this region that people have worked hard to dig and the enemy has tried to stop. And I'm telling you, there's a generation coming up that are going to find these wells, these ancient wells, and they're going to reopen and all of a sudden things are going to begin to gush forward. Oh, this is powerful. Isaac reopens the wells of Abraham, and the Bible says he names them what Abraham named them. After he opens up all of the wells of Abraham, the ancient wells, the Bible says he begins to open up his own wells. <laughs> now that I have opened up the ancient wells, now I'm going to connect it with the new wells. <laughs> I feel something right here. You better, you better, you better. I'm getting ready to hit into something right here. The next thing God's going to do, he's not just going to do it for a new generation. He's going to connect an older generation with a younger generation. 
And what the enemy tried to stop back here, he, God is going to uncover that and he's going to refresh and renew and he is going to bring something afresh upon, a, upon the past generation and they're going to realize, yes, I may be up in age, but God is not done with me yet. I may be 80 years old, but I can still pray a new generation in. I may be 70, but I still got an anointing upon my life. I want... This, this, is the, this is the ministry of the New Testament. Paul said, Paul said the younger, uh, the older ought to pour into the younger. And that's what's going to happen. You cannot get poured into until you open up a well. And I believe what's going to happen is, is the old ancient wells are going to begin to spew up. And, and people who, listen, I, it is not a war against the young and the old. We ought to come together because there is wells. Younger people, listen to me. There are some people in here who know how to pray. They know how to work. They know how to toil. They know how to be committed and loyal. That's the kind of wells we need to open back up. Come on. The kind of wells that whenever you came to the altar, they would spend all night with you until you got your breakthrough. I'm talking about the kind of wells where they, they said, you know what? If you're going to live for God, you need to live holy and upright and sanctified. That's the kind of people. People that didn't mind sacrificing and paying the price for a move of God. People that did not make it about themselves, but they made it about the kingdom of God. We need to open up those kind of wells. We need to open up the kind of wells where we, where, where they, listen, I remember church services, people would shout and dance so hard, the, bob, the, the bobby pins would come right up out of their hair. I'd watch them fling right on the ground. Women would come with their hair up, but buddy, they, by the time they got out of service, their hair was completely down, and they had wrecked themselves in the presence of God. I come to tell you, that's what we need again. We need some people, listen, praise don't start when you get to church. Praise starts while you're putting your makeup on and curling your hair and painting your nails and putting your clothes on. That's when your praise are the start. And maybe, just maybe, we might have a more of a move of God because you are prepared for it when you get here. That's the kind of spirit we need to uncover again. Not, this generation is always playing catch up. I'm not talking about what you put on your hot dogs. <laughs> we got to uncover that thing. But let me tell you, but it's not just old. God's got new things. And Isaac uncovered not just ancient wells, but the Bible says he went out and uncovered new wells. Older people, there are new wells. And these wells ain't going to look like it used to look like. It got real quiet right there. It's not going to sound like it used to sound. But you know what? We're going to praise God. Why? Because there's new wells being released. There's new wells being opened up and people are finding water. That's what, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm thankful for. I'm glad. Listen, they may not look like me, sound like me, do what I do or do it how I would do it. But I'm just glad they found water. I'm glad God changed their life. No, they may not have it all together. And no, they may not understand all that the Bible says. But I'm just glad that they were out looking for water and that they found it. Listen, when somebody comes in this door, I'm not going to look them down from top to bottom and say, bless God, but will you? You need to get it together. Now I'm going to say, bless God, come in here. There's a well. You just found what you've been looking for. You just found what you've been looking for. You just found. Come and drink of this well that has been opened up. Hmm. 
Let me get into this. Let me see what time it is. Oh, it's summer. I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. Somebody's like, I got to go work. Well, let's work in this first. Listen to this. Oh, this is good. Isaac not only reopened ancient wells, he went on to open new wells. Listen to this. Digging wells was proof of title that one owned the land. Anytime somebody dug a well, they owned the land that the well was on. This is why it is so important that we dig wells. Because wherever we, get, we dig a well, that is the place that becomes ours. And right here, this is not just a church. This is a well. And I don't want just a shallow well. I want a deep well. This is a well. You listen to me. This is a well. And wherever there's a well, it lets the enemy know this is their property. They have the title deed to this land. And I just come to let the devil know we've already been digging a well. And because of our well, this has given us the title deed to this region. And we are going to see a mighty move of God. And we're going to see an eruption of water that is going to spew and touch every home and every family and every place that around, this, around this area. Why? Because we have been digging a well. And when you dig a well, it's to let the devil know this is ours. Come on, I wish somebody would praise God. I said, Destiny, we're here to let the devil know this is not his region, and this is not his generation, and this is not his city, and this is not his state, and this is not his country, and this is not his nations. I believe everywhere around the world, whales are going to begin to pop up because people are beginning to say, God, let whales of revival begin to spew up like we've never seen before. Not only that, listen to this. Digging a well was a, was, was a proof that the person who has the well, owns the well, owns the property. And if you filled in a well, oh, I feel something on me right here. If, if, if somebody came and tried to fill the well that you owned, Try to put dirt in your well. It was an act of war. Come on. Come on. I was doing some research. Right now, there are some places in Africa that have that where people are fighting each other, not because of politics or social economics. They are fighting each other because somebody is trying to get ownership of the well. And I'm going to tell you what this fight is about. It is fight over the ownership of the well. The enemy's trying to throw dirt in our well, but you, wanna, you know what I come to tell him? It's not just you throwing dirt in my well. This is an act of war. 
this is an act. Of, you didn't just throw a little bit of dust in my well. You're trying to cover this thing up and try to build your own thing. No, 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 honey. The devil is a liar. Listen, every time the devil ever c- tries to put dirt in this well, some of us need to rise up and say that's an act of war and get on our faces and begin to pray and begin to fast and begin to seek God and say, devil, we're not going to just let you have your way. We're going to war a good warfare and fight a good fight of faith. Come on. Matter of fact, Isaac tried to dig his wells. They tried to throw dirt in it. And the Bible says they look at him and say, it's ours. How dare you? I'll smack you right in the face, devil. But being the polite kind of guy that Isaac was, the Bible says he would go to the next place and dig another well. He was looking for something. He was looking for something. He already dug his father's wells. He was looking for something for himself. Watch this. Bible says he gets to a place called Esek. Matter of fact, he names it. He gets to this place. He finds a well. Bible says, but he cannot enjoy it. Why? Because there's contention. That's what Esek means. Contention. Contention. How many knows it's not always going to be easy to get wells? There's going to be some contention. So the Bible says he goes and he digs another well. And the Bible says in there... He has to fight again. And he calls that place Sitna, which means hatred or enmity. Matter of fact, in the Hebrew, in the, in the root word of the Hebrew word, it actually is where we get the word Satan from. Sitna, Satan. So he's not just contending at Esek, now he has to contend against Satan and hatred. And something got me about this. Because when he was redigging the wells of Abraham, he fought the Philistines. Now listen, go read your Bible. When he got trying to do something new, the Bible says he's not fighting Philistines. Now he's having to contend with who? The local shepherds. <laughs> you didn't catch that yet. Yeah, when he was opening up ancient wells, he, he dealt with ancient enemies. But now he's trying to open up a new thing. It's not the ancient enemy. Now it is a new enemy, and it's the local pastors of the region. You know what they were saying? Isaac, you can't have that well. That's ours. This is our, this is our property. Religion pushed him right out. But I love what the Bible says. The Bible says he goes a little bit further. And the Bible says he digs again and he comes to a place where he digs a well. And the Bible says he looks around, nobody to contend with him. And you know what he says? I love what he says. He says, I'm going to name this place Rehoboth. For the Lord has made room for us. Here's what the Lord spoke to me. We've had to contend. We've had to fight satanic attack. And we've even had to come up against local shepherds. It's okay, because I feel like we're stepping into a season where we've just hit Rehoboth. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Destiny, I want to prophesy over you because you have been faithful in contention and faithful in hatred and animosity and enmity and because you have been faithful. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. And because we have not given up looking for whales and trying to dig for whales because when one thing didn't work, we went and tried another. And when it didn't work, we tried another. And we would not give up. But I come to tell you, we have just hit into a season and a time period where we are going to hit a place called Rehoboth where we are going to find the room and wide open spaces to thrive and be who God has called us to be. Come on, somebody. I wish somebody would praise him right there. Come on. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to this church. This is a season of Rehoboth. This is a season where things are going to get bigger. Here, let me, let me can, I, can I cover something? The reason, why did Isaac find so much contention and hatred? Because he was trying to fit somewhere where he didn't fit. He, he was too big for that. <laughs> Did you not read in, in, the previous chap, in the previous verses of that chapter? He got powerful, great, and great, and great, and great. There are some places where we just don't fit because we're too big. And I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about numbers. I'm talking about we're just too big in the spirit. Because how many knows you can take a little people and, and that have a big hearts and big spirits and big anointings and turn a world upside down. And I've come to tell you the reason why God didn't want us in that and God didn't want us in this. Here's why. Because we were too big for that. And God says, now I brought you right where I want you. I have brought you right to Rehoboth because why? You're getting ready to thrive and you're going to grow because now you can spread out in this place. Now you can grow in this place. Now you can get greater and greater and increase in this place. And I just want to tell you, I'm excited about this season that we're in because we ain't seen anything yet. We haven't seen the move of God yet. This thing is getting ready to spread and this thing is getting ready to increase. My God, stand to your feet. But listen to this. Listen to this. This ought to get you really excited right here. Because not far from Rehoboth, not far from Rehoboth was another place called Sheba. Everybody say Sheba. It was called Sheba. Do you know why it was called Sheba? Sheba means the place of the sevenfold oath. Everybody say sevenfold oath. I need you to get this in your spirit tonight because listen, none of this is going to make sense if you don't get this part right here. He went to Esek, contended. Sitna, and found hatred. Found a wide open space in Rehoboth where he, they could thrive and grow and spread out. But then the Bible says the next place that, that God takes them is the place of the sevenfold oath. I looked, I looked it up and I tried to do some research of why he called it the place of oath. And it takes, it takes you back to Genesis chapter 21 when Abraham and Abimelech were made an oath together. And the Bible says Abraham had contention over a well. And maybe rightfully so, because Abraham was trying to dig somewhere that the Philistines had ownership of. And they got mad, and they took the well from him. And Abraham said, you know what? How do I get that well back? And the Bible says in Genesis 21, I think it's around verse 30, Abraham offers him seven ewe lambs 
for the well. The number seven in the, in the scripture represents divine completion and divine perfection. Not only do we reach a place where we can thrive, but we also will reach a place of divine completion and perfection where God perfects what he started. Not only that, but it's a sevenfold oath. Listen to me. If, if seven means completion, then what does it have to do? How is it connected to oath? Here's what it means. Oath means I'm going to fulfill what I said I would do. Let me say it another way. God said, in this place of Rehoboth, in wide open spaces, I am going to fulfill and complete everything that I ever said to you in your life. I don't know who that's for, but I just come to prophesy over somebody. You've been through all that you have been through, not because God, not be, listen, not the only reason why you had to go through all that contention and hatred and animosity and fighting and struggle is because God was using the struggle to lead you and guide you to Rehoboth because there God says, I'm going to put you in a wide open space where there is no more limits on your life. And I, I did it because I loved you. Yes, you had to go through some pain and some trials and yes, you were wounded on the way and yes, you had to struggle and yes, you had to fight and yes, some people walked out on you and rejected you and didn't like you and were jealous of you. But God says, no, 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 no. I've done all of that so that I might lead you to this place called Rehoboth because it's a wide open space because what I have said I would do it's going to take a big place because I'm getting ready to do a big thing in your life my God I wish somebody would receive this right now some of you you got right where you are because God's getting ready to fulfill completely the word that he's prophesied over your life oh God I feel the Holy Ghost Right now, if something hits you in your heart and you say, preacher, there's a word over my life and I'm believing this is the season. God said he would do something. I'm believing he's going to do it. And I believe this is the season that I'm going to see it happen. If that's you, I want you to run to this altar right now. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to agree together that God's going to do some things in your life. This is the time. This is the place of Rehoboth. 